You don't have to know fancy terms like ceramic, metallic, and calipers to know that this sound isn't a good thing. And now at most Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid Visa card when you spend $250 on brakes. Do it yourself or have it done for you and save $75. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 531.19. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina recruiting podcast with Don Callahan, IC's recruiting guru. You have a, a new voices host here. I'm Ross Martin. What's going on, Don? I'm just excited. You know, I actually get to do this podcast with... Um, one of my best friends, Ross Martin. That's right. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, how are you feeling about this? I'm good. You know, it's kind of my, my first foray into hosting uh, the Inside Carolina uh, rec- recruiting podcast. I'm excited to get going with you. I have a relationship with you. We, we knew each other before I joined IC because I was on the recruiting beat um, for Carolina Blue and 24-7 Sports. And so we interacted at camps and stuff. Uh, you blocked me once on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, was just scooping you so much. And now we're on the same team. And so I have a little background in recruiting. I don't, I don't cover any more, but, but you're the expert here. So exciting. As spring turns to summer, we're excited to dive in to, to more football recruiting. Uh, what's your kind of take on, on where this podcast can go? I think we can go a lot of different directions. You know, uh, John and I did a really good job. Um, uh, John was great. Um, uh, but I think you and I can can do a very – Similar job, uh, but I think we'll we'll have a lot more fun with it as far as um, not taking things so seriously. Not that John took things seriously. John was great and everything. But uh, um, those who have actually been around you and I are the only ones that kind of understand what I'm saying about this. And I guess people who are going to be listening to this podcast will will get that that feeling. Hopefully, after a couple of a uh, couple of episodes. I mean, nothing really is going to change for the most part. We're still going to do the top five. We'll get to that later on. Uh, but we're going to talk recruiting. It's just yep. going to be uh, Ross's voice is much more deeper than John's. I mean, that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. You know what I mean? That's right. So. And, and this is actually a great time to get this started because today is Thursday and we had planned this podcast uh, a couple of days ahead of time. But last night, which would be Wednesday night, UNC got a massive commitment. So jumping right in, um, Malik Hornsberry. Hornsby, Hornsby got a four-star uh, quarterback from Texas committed to Carolina last night at 7 p.m. Um, the biggest, highest-ranked recruit UNC has in the 2020 class. What were your initial takes on that commitment um, and kind of get us going in that? Because it worked out so well that we were able to talk about that um, roughly 12 hours since it happened. Well, obviously, when you add a guy like this, is uh, it's amazing for your for your class, especially – at the 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 position for a football team, the it always it usually ends up being the face of a recruiting class. And to add a guy, a four star guy, a guy that's highly ranked, you know, a, a top two four seven quarterback, um, a guy where you just put on his film and you're immediately impressed just by not only by his his speed, his uh, elusiveness, 
and his, but but also by his arm. I mean, he has a very good arm. I mean, a lot of I think a lot of uh, dual threat guys get um, kind of pigeonholed into this. They can only run, um, and they're probably going to move to another position. But if you just watch his film, just just pop it on, you see the arm strength, you see the accuracy, you see that while he is a a, a running quarterback, he actually will use his uh, mobility to create time um, for his receivers and, and try to find receivers downfield. Um, he also great at running, you know, the read option. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as landing a kid, adding a kid to this class, I mean, this is, this is a great kid. Now, the one thing though, I feel like we have to kind of be hesitant with this because there's the, the I feel like that, the further a kid is from campus and the higher a kid is regarded, the harder it is to keep that kid yeah. committed to your school. And I, so you have those two things um, playing against North Carolina. What, what were your thoughts on yeah, this? I, I was saying we're definitely going to get into that because I read your interview with him. And I think the, fa- the fact that he has you know, so many big offers um, is certainly some decommitment potentially down the line. It's definitely a question we need to talk about. Let's, let's get into that. A little bit later, but uh, briefly here, he's the number 136th national rank recruit um, in the composite rankings in the sixth in the fifth dual threat quarterback. But 24/7 Sports has him even higher, number 83, um, and the fourth dual threat quarterback. And his offer list is incredible: um, Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida State, Auburn, Tennessee, Houston—kind of all the the big teams you would expect from a stud out of um, Texas. Can you kind of dive into how what you can share that's it's not kind of premium in, info and how unc um within the year went into texas and got this guy obviously he had a strong relationship with tim brewster from texas a&m but but his recruitment it seemed like it moved pretty quick and, and all of a sudden he was a unc commit yeah i mean i mean you said it it starts and ends with tim brewster you know without that relationship this this doesn't happen. Not only does this not happen, but I don't think um, Hornsby even remotely considers North Carolina without his relationship with Tim Brewster. Yeah, he actually kind of sort of committed to Texas A&M because of when Tim Brewster was there. Um, he says that he committed, but he never put it out publicly. It was kind of a weird situation. But, um, you know, Tim Brewster did a great job in, in establishing a relationship with uh with Hornsby and with his mom and with other family members was able to secure a, an official visit. It's thus far the only official visit that he has taken that official visit played a huge part in, um, in this decision. And, and obviously the, I guess it was what uh, month or so since that official visit, Brewster has been working hard on both Hornsby and his, and his mother to get to this point of making the verbal commitment. Yeah, and I mean that kind of shows you the power of of Brewster as a recruiter. We we all knew he was going to be kind of UNC's ace recruiter, but to to go into Texas and get an elite quarterback like this as kind of his, I guess, one of the bigger commits. I mean, Sam Howe was pretty huge, or this is probably at that same level is giant. Um, what you know, this was the first official visit for him, and also the new rule where you can take official official visits in the spring, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, last year you could take official visit in the spring, but yeah, he, he actually took advantage of this and he is the only, only recruit for this cycle who has officially visited North Carolina thus far. Correct. So um, how does that play out in terms of, you know, he's got some visits set up. 
he said he's going to visit Florida State. He's going to visit some other schools as well. How do you kind of see his recruitment going? Um, is he going to visit UNC again? The challenges that we talked about earlier with, you know, being so far away and he's already officially visited. Um, what do you see his summer being like? Do you think our schools are going to definitely keep recruiting him, correct? Yeah, schools are definitely going to continue to recruit him, especially the schools in Texas, because I, I think that they they know that it's going to be hard for this kid to leave the state because of its, uh, you know, his family situation with, um, you know, being able to watch him play. It's not going to be easy on his family to go see him play in North Carolina. He mentioned that he already has an official visit scheduled with it with another school for the fall. Um, you know, that's all covered in, in the story that we, pu- we published on Wednesday night. Uh, but uh, he said that he hopes to visit North Carolina again in, um, in, in this, during the summer. The problem with that is that North Carolina has already used its official visit with, on him. So he is going to have to foot the bill for any additional visits to North Carolina, which is also going to work against North Carolina in, in keeping him. I mean, the key here with keeping Hornsby committed to me is to keep him from visiting other schools. And that's going to be a, a test charge to uh, Tim Brewster. What, what do you think? I mean, do you think that he's going to be able to keep him from from visiting other schools? I mean, if I was a kid, you know, he's going to be a high school senior and he's going to, he's right in Texas. I'm not sure how close Missouri city is to Austin and college station, but I mean, he's going to probably take visits to those Texas schools. Um, you mentioned some official visits. He's already speaking with other schools about, he's going to be a, a highly uh, desired guy for the next, what, almost 10 months until he signs in February, I guess, what, eight, eight months until he signs in February. So UNC is going to have their work cut out for him um, to, to kind of keep him on. But I guess you'd rather have him committed than not committed. And so they've definitely made a mark uh, with him and his mother. His mother's very active on Twitter, uh, a pretty funny um, <laughs> Twitter account. She's used some profanity in expressing her excitement towards UNC. I can follow her Seth Freeman. It's Seth Free 8816-1872. I'm looking at it right now. So that's good stuff. And then looking to, from a broader sense, how does a commitment like this affect UNC's recruiting class? He's the 13th commit for the class. He's the highest ranked guy. And he moved UNC's class to number nine in the nation, number four in the ACC. They have a bunch of wide receivers and tight ends committed. Um, not much defense right now, but uh, I mean, they're, it seems like they're about halfway done with the class. Yeah, no, no, they are about roughly halfway done, probably a little bit uh, beyond halfway point. But you know, adding a kid like this, it you know, a national kid, it speaks volumes. It's only going to help UNC's uh, recruiting of other guys because they can say, "Hey, look, what look at what we're doing. You want to be a part of this class? We're ranked ninth today." Obviously, that could change based on what other schools do. But ninth today, um, and uh, you know, we're only getting better with with the guys that we're adding. We added a four star uh, national quarterback, um, top two four seven guy. You know, don't you want to be a part of that class? And that's that's the pitch. And that's really to segue into our next topic. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you know, probably North Carolina's top recruit for the. For, for this class is a five-star Des Evans. It, you know, obviously he's a five-star, so that makes him a top recruit, but he's also in-state, 30 minutes away from North Carolina. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's got to be a guy that uh, 
that UNC has got to put all of its focus on for this class, right? Sure. Nice segue, Don. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that kind of wraps up our conversation on Malik Hornsby. Um, and we're going to move to Desmond Evans. There's some tons of articles about him on Inside Carolina, some premium articles as well. Um, he's visited UNC a couple times. And what's the status right now with him? Because he near a decision. Uh, what's going on there? Because I know he obviously he's he's ranked much higher than than Hornsby. He's number sixteen overall in the twenty four seven Sports Composite, and the number one player in the state, number two for his position as a weak side defensive end. Can you give us an update on on Des Evans? Well, we actually went by his practice. Uh, what was it? Last week, last week went by his practice and um, spent some time with him, his coaches, uh, you know, a couple of his teammates. And, you know, he just is kind of just, you know, slowly moving along. I mean, really, he, he can kind of go at his own pace. He's going to have a bazillion options no matter when he makes a decision. That That's just the, I guess, uh, the life of a five-star. Uh, so he just recently narrowed his list to 10 schools, and it wasn't, there wasn't any surprises in, in the schools that made his top 10. And now his next step is to establish his, his top five, basically cut that list in half and then take his official visits. But I think that before that step is take is taken, we have a lot more time that's going to pass. He wants to make a bunch of visits in the summer and, um, you know, he wants to visit all 10 in the summer, which I don't think is, very realistic, um, but you know, stranger things have happened in recruiting. Uh, we have a full update on on his situation on Inside Carolina that we posted last week. One of the other things, though, is kind of like uh, I guess secondary secondary to the whole situation is his teammate is a guy that he's very close to, and it would not surprise me to see some schools. I don't know if North Carolina is going to be one of them, but some schools end up offering his teammate to kind of help their situation with Des teammates, uh, uh, Jaden Chambers. And he's, he's actually a decent recruit, very good recruit. He won the DB MVP at the, the, uh, the Nike camp, Nike opening camp in Charlotte uh, a few weeks back. What are your thoughts on the whole package deal just to kind of get a five-star guy? (laughs) Well, they did that with William Barnes with, um, what was his teammate's name? Ed Montillis. Ed Montillis. And Ed Montillis has is, is actually kind of grabbed a starting spot out of the spring. And William Barnes is is not a starting spot. So that, so far, it seemed like it worked out for, for both parties. Um, when a player is this elite, I think you got to do what you got to do. You have a, a number of scholarships, and this guy can you know, potentially be a player. I, th- I think that's a, a decent move. Um, it's a funny move to make. What are the chances kind of looking at um, – Desmond's offer list. But right now, do you think, you know, NC State's involved, UNC's involved? What are the chances he, but his other schools are out of state, what are the chances he stays in state? Is this a guy that's going to be looking at Alabama, Clemson, Florida, some of those schools, or, or is he a guy that is going to come down to NC State and UNC? Because I know those are the two schools he's visited the most. I think as of today, I would say he's a, he's a guy who stays in state. And I think that if that were the case, you got to you got to think that North Carolina is in a really good spot for that. With that said, he could go somewhere this summer and really just fall in love. He can go to an Alabama or wherever it may be 
and just really kind of fall in love with the situation there and just completely just change his recruitment. So really, I guess what I'm saying is, is that we have to monitor just where he goes and what he says coming out of um, these summer visits. The one thing I will caution is that he feels like early on in, in the early on this year, he was kind of burnt by some of the things he said. Um, yeah, a couple of times someone asked him, you know, what schools are sticking out? And he forgot a school that had been sticking out for a long time. And, and he received a lot of backlash from college coaches, from fans on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So now he just immediately just goes with the, I'm not going to talk about that. No comment. I'm not going to reveal this. I'm not going to reveal that. All that sort of stuff, which, you know, so I think it's going to be hard to kind of decipher what's going on with, uh, with his, his, his situation. So, um, but I mean, yeah, so we, we just have to kind of monitor the whole, the the whole thing Now you've, you've covered recruiting. So you kind of have seen these sort of things happen, um, you know, with these guys, these national guys in state, uh, you know, do you think that he's going to stay in state or do you think he's, he's a guy who's, who kind of follows the trend and and goes out of state? And you're putting the questions on me, Don. I know I'm putting you to work. Um, I mean, I've never, I don't, I don't obviously haven't covered this guy's recruitment. Um, you know, small town guy. From what you've said, it sounds like, and, and the fact that he visited UNC, you know, three times, I think, in a, in a short span there, kind of around the spring practice, spring game. It sounds like the UNC, the, the in, in-state schools have have the advantage there, especially once the kind of the allure of of the Alabama and Clemson's and the distance that is, and realizing that UNC is so close. I, mean, I think UNC has the the, the leg up um, and then this would be, I mean, this would be the biggest recruit UNC would land in, in many, many years, right? I mean, this, this rivals what, I mean, b- bigger than Elijah hood, bigger than Jalen Dalton, right? This is one of the biggest yeah. guys ranked number 16. Yeah. I would have to go back and look, but um, Elijah hood was a four star. Jalen Dalton was a four star. So, I mean, it, we're, we're probably going, this guy's a legit five star guy. Like, yeah, we're, we probably would have to go back and look at, you know Dante Page Moss to see where he was ranked in twenty four seven sports because uh, I think that's that's the territory we, we would be entering. And the one thing that's interesting too, and, and actually the the wise and powerful Buck Sanders was the one who brought it up. Um, and I would love to do a deep dive into this, but um, you know USC right now is sitting in the top ten of the twenty four seven sports uh, composite team rankings. Uh, but if you have pay- been paying attention, they were actually up to number six at one point. And before Malik Hornsby's commitment uh, were dropped all the way to 10 after some of the schools behind UNC had picked up commitments. And so I think this is going to be a constant tug of war with North Carolina kind of bumping back and forth into the top five, as long as they keep pace with adding these elite recruits. But ultimately, uh, for North Carolina to have a top, I think it was top 15 class, it almost almost has to have a five-star guy. And and. Uh, I think with the one podcast we did with Buck, we were looking and the prior class, the 20, 2019 class, almost all of the members of the top 15 of the team composite had at least one five-star committed. So if, if that's something that uh, Mac Brown wants to do or the fans want to see, then this is going to be the best opportunity for North Carolina to have that, that top 15 class is landing a commitment from uh, Desmond Evans. Is he a uh, early enrollee guy, or will he drag his recruitment into February? He is not an early enrollee guy, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, that's, actually, no, no, I take that back. He is he is exploring the option of enrolling early. 
and and that will actually dictate when he makes a decision. And he could he could still sign in, in December and, and yes. enroll in June. Correct. Or, but one of the things he's also looking at is announcing his verbal commitment at the Under Armour All-American game. So, um, And there have been guys who have signed in December, kept it quiet, and then in, enroll, and then, I'm sorry, announced it you know, a couple of weeks later at one of the, the All-American Bowls. But it's very difficult to do. And um, so, so it's, it's, that, that's unlikely. Interesting stuff. Yeah, this has all the feel of that the big five-star guy who's going to visit a bunch of schools this summer, drag it out, um, and obviously it's going to keep fans interested for the, the length of that recruitment. Good stuff. We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the University of South Carolina's kind of entrance into recruiting in North Carolina and then explore what kind of happens now in the recruiting calendar where coaches are, when the camps start, and that kind of stuff to get everybody on the same page. We'll be right back. Let's take a moment to talk about our friends at Johnny T-Shirt. They are a very long-term supporter of Inside Carolina and the Inside Carolina podcast, and they are your place to go to for Carolina gear. Johnny T-Shirt has been a Franklin Street tradition for over 35 years, and they are one of the absolute iconic locations there on campus. They are locally and alumni-owned with a great staff that puts great value on customer service. It is really top-notch. When you go into Johnny T-Shirt, they make you feel like you are a part of the family. They are your place to go to for Carolina gear because it is their focus. They have a terrific selection of anything that you might want from memorabilia to jerseys to clothing and everything in between. And if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get your exclusive 10% off discount on all of your purchases. You can use that either in their Chapel Hill store or at johnnytshirt.com. That's johnnytshirt.com. So even if you live out of state and you still need that Johnny T-shirt fix, you can go there to order anything that you need Carolina related. So support Johnny T-shirt and support the Inside Carolina podcast. Visit their website, johnnytshirt.com and visit their store when you're in town on game days. And we're back on the Inside Carolina recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, alongside Inside Carolina's recruiting guru, Don Callahan. And Don, this was a topic you wanted to explore. Um, South Carolina, the Gamecocks uh, out in Columbia, have kind of made some inroads recently recruiting the state of North Carolina. This concerned some Tar Heel fans. What's going on there? I know NC State and South Carolina were competing for a guy, and he committed to the Gamecocks. There's another guy in state. So what's your thoughts on that? What's your take with what the Gamecocks are doing up here? Well, I have been just as curious as most of the fans. I actually have gotten a lot of questions about this on the S Don thread on, on inside Carolina's message board. And then just kind of um, questions on other ways, you know, Twitter or in person or whatever. And so I started kind of to look at it a little bit and just to kind of give a background. So South Carolina has six verbal commitments right now, half or less than half of what North Carolina has. And three of them are from North Carolina. Two of them are four stars from North Carolina. And, and while that is, I guess, alarming if you're a UNC fan by itself, if you look at some of the other guys at North Carolina's recruiting, who South Carolina is, is also a, a significant player. And you have um, Kedrick Bigley-Jones, an, another four-star. Uh, Jaquarius Conley, a four-star that we actually uh, went on and visited his uh, practice earlier this week and, and have a full update on. I think that 
if he were to decide today, South Carolina might be the selection. Four-star Jacoby Cohen, he's another guy that South Carolina's a player in. Uh, you know, we mentioned Des Evans um, earlier. Um, he actually included South Carolina in his top ten. I don't know if South Carolina is much of a an actual player in it, but he but he did list them in his top ten. And then four star Miles Murphy is a guy that South Carolina seems to be trending with a lot. So you, all of these in state guys that North Carolina has to compete with South Carolina, and it's on the surface you're like, why? I mean, at least I was asking myself, and I, I've been getting that question. So I do did a little bit of uh, I guess diving in talking to some of these recruits specifically talking to their 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 uh high school coaches and and really talking to anybody who might have some sort of insight and one it's an sec school that's obvious but it's always been an sec school but i think that um it's it's the closest sec school to north carolina kids so if you're if you're determined to go to the SEC, but also want to play somewhat close to home, and South Carolina isn't that far, and in some instances is actually closer than North Carolina, um, then and obviously South Carolina is a uh, is, is an option. The other thing is is and, and I don't. This is something that probably needs a little bit more of exploring. Is that South Carolina is a lot more aggressive with its recruiting than some other schools. They are not afraid to be the first to offer. A kid, and you see this in a lot of different situations where they end up being the first to offer, and especially if it's an out-of-state kid, it's really easy to be the first to offer and not have to have any sort of um, repercussions if you decide not to pursue that kid any further. So they've taken advantage of that with North Carolina with North Carolina kids is offering them and see what kind of happens, and then also they have been one of the few schools who have taken advantage of the the uh, earlier spring official visits. North Carolina, we talked about earlier, did host um, Malik Hornsby for an official visit, but that's more of the exception than the rule. Mac Brown, and the same was for Larry Fedora before him, prefers to host official visits during the fall, um, or well, really after the season, but during the fall, um, definitely does not want to host any official visits in the spring or summer because it's so far away from signing day and, and it actually can work as a disadvantage to you later on in the process for, for a heated recruitment. But South Carolina though has taken the position of getting these kids on campus for official visits and, and seeing where things go. And, and I think that has worked to their advantage in a lot of different situations. The other thing is, and I talked to, this is from a couple of recruits and I'm not going to name names is that South Carolina seems to do a really good job of, um, I'm trying to think of a nice word, dressing up their academics. <laughs> so um, now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this, Ross, and okay. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, if I were to say to you what your thoughts on South Carolina's, I guess, uh, academic reputation, what would your response be? Wait, say that again. What, what are your, if I were to ask you your thoughts on academic, on South Carolina's academic uh, reputation. I mean, I would say it's a uh, it's it's a little lower than than some of the ACC schools, and it's a little easier to get into. Um, All right, not not a sterling. You don't think of a as South Carolina as just some great academic institution. Okay. All right. Good way to put it. <laughs> well, South Carolina has actually done a really good job of convincing a lot of recruits that it's maybe not that it's Harvard of of the South, but that it's. Uh, that its academics are, are are up there and are are um you know will will definitely um challenge you and um are something to brag about and um 
I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong, but if if you remember, I mean, do you remember the Tristan Miller situation last year where, where one of the reasons why Tristan actually initially turned down North Carolina was because he, he was told and he thought that NC State's uh, business department was better than North Carolina's, which any ranking you look at actually proves that wrong. So, yeah. so this happens, and I think it happens a lot more than we realize that schools are able to kind of, like I said, dress up their their academic situations. And I think South Carolina has done a really good job about that. The other thing, and I saved this for last because I think this is, is probably one of the bigger ones, is the new facilities that South Carolina has built. And I think that once a kid visits there, especially if it's on an official visit, I, mean, these th- I haven't seen it myself, but just reading, I read up on it, and it's actually pretty pretty impressive um, to build it. It was 50 million, um, 110,000 square feet. That includes uh, 26,000 square feet for a weight room, which has sliding uh, garage bay doors that when you open them up, you can walk right out to the practice field. Their locker room has a game room, a, a uh, theater room, uh, a barbershop, and Darius Rucker recruit, re- recording studio that has actually been so popular that um, some of the football players were staying up to like 4.30 in the morning to, I guess, produce. And, um, and it required uh, South Carolina imposing a uh, time limit. Um, what are your thoughts on just everything I just said? <laughs> that was like a 15-minute explanation of, of South Carolina's. I did a lot of research for this because I was, I was really curious <laughs> what is going on. Because the first couple of questions, I was like, uh, they're just being, you know, uh, being crazy about it. But then I'm like, and then I got a couple more questions. And then, you know, South Carolina steals Mohamed Kaba. And, you know, they had Michael Wyman. Um, and then, you know, Jaquarius Conley, where I'm talking to him. And I'm like, man, I think South Carolina is leading for this kid. So, yeah. So I did a little bit of research. So, um, well, I mean, looking at, I mean, they have one, two, so two guys in the top 10 with Wyman and, and Kaba. Um, you know, Miles Murphy is 100% the crystal ball to South Carolina. He's a teammate, high school teammate of, of Wyman. I mean, maybe South Carolina just thinks there's a lot of talent in North Carolina and that they can kind of they can compete with UNC and NC State and Duke uh, better than they can maybe going into Georgia um, and competing with, with Georgia and, and some of the other SEC schools. So maybe they see a little weakness here and they're trying to utilize that. Um, if I'm correct, UNC did not want Wyman. Was that correct? Uh, kind of. Okay. There was, there was... <laughs> Sounds like you don't want to talk about that. Well, well, it's not just that. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's not, it's like a, it's like in a gray area. So they, they, they weren't, they weren't sad to see him go. And I don't think you'll see North Carolina pounding on his door unless something crazy happens with their wide receiver situation. Um, I, but I don't think North Carolina is going to pound on his door to, to have him come back home. Um, and yeah. I mean, they have, they have two of the three wide receiver commits are four stars, and they are definitely in it with uh, Moose Muhammad. So, South Carolina is. North Carolina. So, so North Carolina, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have three wide receiver commits, and, and they might take a fourth, and, and they didn't want that fourth to be Wyman. Got it. Um, one thing I think, you know, Virginia Tech has always recruited the Greensboro area pretty well because that's kind of close to you – know, that's the one, one of the – fourth or fifth closer uh, ACC schools. Charlotte, on the other hand, you know, is, is pretty close. I think maybe closer to Columbia than Chapel yeah. Hill is to Charlotte. So geographically, there's an advantage there. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We got our South Carolina recruiting fix for the the podcast, so we're going to (laughs) move into the next topic. Um, This is kind of a question I had, kind of the recruiting calendar and what's going on now. It's hard to follow when coaches can visit to evaluate players in the spring, when players can visit. What's going on in the in the rest of May? Maybe we look back a little bit to what has happened. What's going on for the rest of May? And when does um, – always, you know, June is when camps start and when we see a lot of commitments. So the uh, Malik Horns, Hornsby commitment kind of introducing uh, UNC into maybe what could be more commitments coming up here in June. You kind of lay out what's ahead for the Tar Heel staff and, and recruits for the, the next couple of weeks, I guess. All right, so – the rest of May is the evaluation period, which is, this is not an official term, but is often referred to as a spring evaluation period. And essentially what that is, is the all, all 10 assistant coaches, not the head coaches, all 10 assistant coaches are on the road visiting um, high schools, um, going to their practices if, if they have practices, um, going to their track, uh, track meets, um, any sort of sports related they, they can go to. But the outside of exchanging pleasantries, which is a simple hello, shaking the hand, that sort of thing, they can't have any communication with the prospects directly. All communication has to be with the, um, the, the football coaches or the high school football coaches or um, teachers, guidance counselors, that sort of thing. Um, and then starting in June, it's just, well, most of June is a quiet period. The end of June starts the, the summer dead period, which actually lasts all the way into the, uh, right before the, the final week of, of July. But in June, that is when, um, colleges can host their camps and there are allotted 10 camps. And what that means is not just 10 camps that they host on their campus, it means each coach is allowed to, I guess, coach a 10 camps, period. So right now, North Carolina has three camps scheduled, which means that North Carolina staff can actually go and quote-unquote coach at seven other camps, uh, which what I mean by that is the satellite camps that, that, that we have um, talked about a lot in recent years because of, you know, um, Jim Harbaugh and everything like that. Uh, I don't know if we'll see a lot of North Carolina's coaches at satellite, satellite camps. Uh, last year, underneath Fedora, the staff did um, – they split in half, and I think um, half of them went to Old Dominion for a satellite camp. The other half went to, I believe it was uh, UNC Charlotte. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of that with, with this new staff that's going to be up to Mac Brown, who tends to, to teeter on the, the old-school uh, mentality. So we might not see a whole lot of it, but, um, but anyway, so that's basically June. Then we start the summer dead period, which goes all the way until July 25th. And it's only really from the July 25th to July 31st, where it's again, a quiet period and and a quiet period. Um, I guess I should explain this better is, um, basically recruits can uh, visit schools. They can't visit schools during the dead period. 
or if they visit a school during the dead period, they can't interact with any of the coaches. Uh, but uh, the quiet period, they, they visit schools. Um, this is when a lot of uh, visits happen. This is when official visits can happen. Uh, but in July, what schools have been doing, and I think what you'll see North Carolina do, and what they did last year is have these, instead of having a camp, because I, I don't believe you can have a camp in July anymore, but I'd have to double check that. But what they end up having is some big recruiting event, usually a cookout or some sort of jamboree or something like that, um, where they just, you know, have hot dogs and hamburgers and, um, and, uh, you know, playing, playing, uh, yard games, you know, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah. And so all of August is a dead period, which, which means no visits, which it, it, you weren't going to see a lot of visits anyway, because that's when high schools typically start their, their practice. So they're, they're focused on that. And the colleges start their practice. So they're focused on that. And then we start in September, October, November with the um, evaluation period. Although you won't see a whole lot of evaluating other than kind of visiting on, on Fridays for games and everything. Um, but that's when visits can take place again. And um, a lot of that is for games for, for college games. They'll, they'll make visits. Okay. Whew, that was a lot. So I could have to- gone. I could have went longer, but yeah, I just I was, I was uh, waiting for you to circle back around and get up to uh, back up to May. Okay. Well, I can if you want me to. <laughs> so UNC used to do a lot of camps, and so far you said they're only doing three. Is that an intentional move? I mean, what Fedora did. I mean, I remember. I think we they would do ten camps in June. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think they we did do- maybe eight, a little bit less last year. Um, these camps are huge. I mean, they had 100 kids, 150 kids sometimes, um, but only like, you know, only there is only like uh, maybe five to 10 kids that are, are even worth kind of watching. Um, maybe five that, that UNC could potentially be interested in. What's the strategy there for UNC that you think that, you know, um, with the reduced number of camps, whether that's a good or bad thing? Well, so they will have a fourth camp, which will be a, Fedora Freak Show like camp. Um, we'll have more information on that when it gets closer. Uh, but uh, from my understanding, the event next year UNC will host more camps, or they'll at least explore that 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 idea to to host more camps. Uh, but the thinking this year is that you're during camp week, in addition to the campers, and Ross, you know this because you've covered these camps. But you also have a lot of guys on the sidelines. Ross loves the lead. He used to use this in every single story that all the action was happening on the sidelines, right? That was what you would do. And oh. But predict your scoop would be the, all the action was on the sideline. When there's a five-star guy who doesn't want to work out, doesn't yeah. want to pay the, the, the camp fee. He just sits on the sideline. And that's what the, the draw for us recruiting reporters was. Yes. So, yeah. So you'll get guys who will come and visit and they won't work out. Um, and those guys are still going to come and visit, but instead of um, watching camp, the you know the coaches are going to be able to spend more time with those those uh, recruits when they're on campus. Um, but what that will mean, though, is that so right now the the, the way the camp is is the camp's shaping up is you have the two on, on the weekend of uh, June eighth, June eighth and June ninth there will be camps. And I would imagine those would be absolutely massive. And instead of having 100, 150 guys, we're probably talking about close to 1,000 each camp, if not beyond that. I, I really don't know what to expect other than it's going to be significantly larger than the camps that we've been dealing with for the past few summers. Uh, what, 
what uh, would you like to cover a camp that had a thousand something kids? I would not. Is that really going to happen? Thousand kids? I don't know the number specifically, but I would imagine that if you're only going to only going to have two camps that, you know, and if a kid wants to come to a camp that he's going to have to come to either the June 8th or June 9th. And, and so the numbers are just going to be pushed up on those on those those days and that that weekend. Yeah, it's incredible. They do have the two, you know, they have the indoor practice facility, they have the two practice fields, which are set to go now. They have Keenan Stadium. So there's more options now than they. They had before. Um, good stuff. And now we're going to move into our closing segment, which is going to be a a weekly, you know, on every podcast, the top five, something you did with John. Can you briefly preview that and what you want from our listeners and subscribers as we do our first top five today that will lead into more football-related ones in the future? All right. So just like we've done in the past, you uh, now the topic is – your top five remaining wish list. So basically any recruit who is not committed to a school that you would like to be committed to North Carolina, who are your five guys right now as we stand today heading into the summer? And you, can you preview what it is first and what you want from people? And then we'll get into the specific ones. All right. The general idea is you submit your five, whatever the topic might be, and you send it to me via Twitter at Don Callahan IC or on the Inside Carolina message board, which I believe is just Don Kelly, and it should be pretty easy to find me on the message board just and just send me a PM with your top five, whatever the topic might be. And for next week, the top five will be your five remaining wish list for, the, for this class, meaning any, any recruit who has not committed to another school, which five would you want to be added to North Carolina's class, which is already ranked ninth in the, in the nation? Um, and, and as I said, tweet it to me um, or PM it to me. And if you would like, you could also send it to Ross, even though he doesn't want it. So um, and we'll read these. Yes. Oh, yes. We will read your, yes. your top five on air for the next podcast. And then we'll give our top five. Um, so take a look at the offer list on 24-7 Sports um, and look at you know, the in-state rankings and, and get your top five players that you want UNC to land for the 2020 recruit class. Yes, correct. I couldn't have said it my, better myself. But now we, we have, since we didn't get an opportunity to, um, to I guess, give out our, our top five for this for this podcast, because we didn't have a podcast two weeks ago, um, our top five, just Ross and I are going to do, no, obviously no uh, listener submissions, is the top five fast food places in North Carolina. And we right. are and we are defining fast food as well, this, this is an interesting topic. I would love to actually hear some some people to tweet us with their opinions on yeah, this. Yeah, yes. fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, tweet us tweet us and then um maybe we can find out a way to kind of I guess give people's submissions. You know, yeah, maybe so how would you define fast food, Don? This, All right. your area expertise. I know you're a big fast food. <laughs> I'm actually not any longer, but I used to be. I used to be a, a, a fast foodologist at one point in my life. But uh, we're going to define it as no waiters, has to be counter service, uh, a, a definitely a bonus if it has drive through, um, and you must obtain your food in a reasonable time, reasonable five, five, ten minutes ish. Does that sound good? Yeah. I mean, the question was kind of if we include places like Five Guys, um, um, Chipotle, Cordoba, 
Moe's, um, you know, a little more higher end type places. That was kind of where we conflicted on whether we should include those or not. Are, but, are we going to, are we going to include them? Yes. So you wanted to. Okay. Oh, that's right. All right. Okay. And I thought we would go alternate. We would alternate. Um, okay. We might have some overlap though, but you go first. All you right. Need, I need a, and I need like a two sentence explanation. Okay. All Not right. Like minute thing. All right. Can I, can I cheat on my first time ever? Okay, so, all right, I'm not going to cheat. I, I just had a hard time with my number five. I didn't know if I wanted to go McDonald's or Wendy's. And obviously, whoever I leave out is not going to make my list. So I'm going to go with McDonald's just because of their fries. Um, Big Mac is, you know, when you think of fast food, you think of a Big Mac. At least I do. Whopper, I'm sorry, Whopper's Burger King, which I definitely do not like. Um, the Quarter Pounder is underrated burger. Uh, obviously, this stuff is not good for you, so I've tried to steer away from it. Who is your number five team? This, this is your so. This is the number five, not our top one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going five. Right. Yeah, I want to set up the suspense and just go from bottom, like bottom it. to top. Um, I got to kind of reorganize now. Um, <laughs> I would go. I'm going to go Bojangles five. Okay. Um, I think their breakfast is incredible. Um, good. You can go. You can get the chicken strips. You can go with a biscuit, uh, you know, Cajun filet biscuit combo. The hot sauce. You can get if great bow rounds. I really love their breakfast, um, and it's good for dinner as well. Man, McDonald's. Ugh, I had a bad experience with McDonald's in New Orleans, so I can't. I would not be able to rank that high. But um, there you go. All right, number four. Go ahead, Don. You want to give your four so we can alternate sure. who goes first? Okay. I'm gonna go. Um, I have three uh, sub place, places listed. Um, I have Subway, Jersey Mike's, and Jimmy John's listed. Since Jersey Mike's uh, um, advertise with us, I'm going to pick them. And I think they are the better of the three in terms of quality. I do like Jimmy John's bread. Subway is so easy to find, though, and it's just like a, it's a staple. You can get it anywhere. But Jersey Mike's is the preferred um, – sub place of mine it's just not as available in some places when you're on the road all right so well i gotta give a caveat real quick i actually nowadays since i'm now a lot trimmer even though ross has not noticed i'm a lot trimmer than i was last summer so i actually have been eating a lot more of subway definitely subway because as you mentioned it's so much easier to find and jimmy john's i, lo- I do like jimmy john's a lot and um uh, jersey mike's but None of them made my list because, <laughs> yeah, just because, I don't know, maybe I just feel like I'm just kind of forced to eat it because I, mentally I'm not allowed to eat McDonald's because that would make me fat. But so a lot of these, a lot of these places are kind of guilty pleasures. But so my number four is cookout. And uh, especially in North Carolina, you can find cookout in a lot of places. It's a you know, quick drive through, get your food. Um, What's your order there? I do the uh, the uh, burger, double fries, steak style. Is it cookout tray? Yes, cookout tray. Yes, of course. You cookout milkshake tray. or drink? I, you know, I don't I, – I will, I will eat their milkshake. But my problem is is I feel like if you can't, you can't slurp it through a straw, it's not a milkshake. It's ice cream. So I feel like, <laughs> you know, to me, if I want a milkshake, then I'm not going to cookout. But, I mean, if I want an ice cream, then, yeah, I'll get their milkshake, quote, unquote, um, what's your order on at cookout? And then you can go yeah. to your number or I got to go to my number three, don't I? But go ahead. What's I your go, order at cookout? Uh, I go cookout tray. Um, 
I did a cheddar style burger recently, but I like the big double burger. I go double corn dog as the okay. two sides. I think mm-hmm. the double fry is a weak order. And then I really? go, yeah, I love. I'm fry. a fry guy. See, yeah, that's, I love fries. If you want, like, to get your bang for your buck, you go double corn dog because you're getting, you know, an extra double protein there. Then I go milkshake and I mix it up. I have an orange push up, uh, Oreos, maybe a peanut butter. Um, but also like their their huge tea. They have a really good tea. Um, okay, you're number I'm, three. I'm not a tea guy, so I don't do tea. Uh, but I am. I'm a huge fry person. I love fries, even though that's probably like the worst thing for you that I I was reading recently. But anyway, my number three is Moe's. So it, it was like actually a, a late addition because it was um, it was allowed. Um, but uh, you know, I I mean, I like I love Mexican food. I know it's not really mexican food but um you know it's it's good i mean i don't know what else, <laughs> i don't know what else to say other than the fact that they charge you an arm and leg for queso um yeah. but love the um love the tacos love the fact that they they make it so that there's so much stuff on the tacos that it's it's hard to pick up you know um so yes yeah, so that's that's my number three what's your number three thing of all the kind of fast food mexican places i would put mo's not even close it's probably the last um, man, I didn't even think about Taco Bell. My number three is Wendy's. I think it's a classic, um, classic fast food, great burgers. They have the dollar menu type, the, the 99 cent meal stuff. You can get a chicken sandwich or a bacon double, um, or the chicken tenders. We went there a lot in high school. Um, but I think they have, a, I think they have one of the best burgers, um, in town and it's the, the restaurants are nice. They're clean. Um, I think they went around and, and redid all the Wendy's in the last couple of years. So that made an impression on me. Okay, I'll go to my number two quickly. Yeah, before before you go to number two, I definitely agree. I, I like Wendy's. It was really kind of tough for me to leave them off. I also am a huge fan of Taco Bell, which also won't be on my list. Um, yeah, Taco Bell. I just great. like, yeah, go ahead. Go to your number we two. Should, we should get Taco Bell soon. Um, two was Cookout. So that's an easy one. I moved to uh, Cookout to number two. So now hit me with your number two, Don. Zaxby's. I feel Ooh. like it's... I forgot about that one. That's good. Yes, I feel like it's underrated and often forgotten. And a lot of that is because it's kind of unpredictable where you find a Zaxby's. Fortunately, I just, uh, for the most people know, if you listen to podcasts, I, I lived in Cary for a long time and recently moved to Holly Springs about two years ago. And I have a Zaxby's that's, I don't know, five, 10 minutes away, which is awesome. Had Zaxby's this past weekend. I love wings, um, so fast food wings are good, and the fact that they're actually pretty good wings is is huge. Um, I think their fries are good, and their chicken fingers are good, um, and I'm glad that they finally got over the whole thing where they would charge you like a huge amount for your meal and not include a drink, so now drinks are included, so me and, and, and Zaxby's are on, on good terms now. Um, am I going my five, uh, my number one? Yeah, let me comment on Zaxby's. I mean, there's no sure. Zaxby's in Chapel Hill. I live in Chapel Hill. There's a couple in Durham, um, and then there's some on the way to Raleigh. But I see the one in Holly Springs. There's a couple in uh, around Raleigh. But it, I mean, that's a new thing. Like I, I didn't grow up going to Zaxby's. Um, no, I didn't either. And I actually, until I moved here, I didn't. I never knew about Zaxby's. But, but that's the thing. What you mentioned, it's, it's like, it's so unpredictable where a Zaxby's is going to be located, and that's what makes it hard. Yeah, I think it's more of a uh, Deep South restaurant that re- just recently came to uh, North Carolina. But there's a bunch. I mean, there's I'm looking at the map now. I mean, there's about 15 kind of in the Greensboro down to kind of where you live area, including Raleigh and Durham and stuff. Okay, okay. you're number one. Drum roll. 
Oh, we're bringing the drum roll, which I like. All right, this is this is a a a restaurant that I had to fight for to make sure that they're on the list. And this, I was surprised to hear that Ross, you have never had it. Five Guys, Five Guys is my pick. Unbelievable burger. They not only they, they like on the standard burger, they put two patties on there. They don't even ask you if you ask for a burger, they give you two patties. They also, and it, you can watch them when they make it. When they give you your fries, they fill up the cup of fries and then they put the fries in the in the bag and then throw more fries in the bag for you. I mean, this whole process is great. Now, one, it's not it's one of the, it's probably the most expensive fast food place, to be honest. And two, you probably are knocking off two weeks off your life every time you have a meal at Five Guys. But it is awesome. And it's definitely I haven't had in a very long time because it's so unhealthy and really Ross, I need to take you to Five Guys at some yeah, point. We need to have Five Guys. I went to one in Charlotte once, but yeah, the that's kind of a new a new one too. And I've heard great things. You'll love it. Um, I actually listen to a podcast on them. Um, but you listen to a podcast on Five Guys? Yeah, it was like how it, how it was created. It's a great podcast. It's called How I Built This, and it just it talks about companies. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to. I got some traveling I got to do, so I'm going yeah. to definitely uh, put that into my phone. Love to go to Five Guys with you. Okay, my last one is Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean you can't beat a Chick Fil A sandwich. The bread, the tenderness. Uh, I love their sauces. Um, a bunch of different sauces, and the fries are great. The the waffle, the kind of thick waffle fries, thick and crispy, uh, are great for carrying the sauces, which is huge. Um, and I think it's a great chicken sandwich. And obviously, you can't get uh, you can't get a burger there, so it, it kind of eliminates that thing. And this, the, it's always clean, great service. Um, you can always know you're gonna get a good meal. They always feel like their Coke is very tasty as well, um, more so than other places. So that is my fifth, and that that's my number one out of the five. That wraps up our top five. Remember, our top five for the next podcast we record is going to be the top five players you want the most recruits you want the most to commit to unc uh send that to don via twitter um or on pm on inside carolina uh anything else down before we close yeah um yeah i'm going to be back on the road today and tomorrow and monday i'm going to practices i'm going to mallet creek today um huff today i'm dropping by a couple of high schools who uh to check on some kids uh, on Friday. On Monday, if all goes according to plan, I'll be in Ross's neck of the woods. I'll be going to Grimsley, or I guess it's Ross's old stopping grounds, Grimsley High School, um, Dudley High School. We'll have updates all next week and the following week on all of these top North Carolina recruits. If you follow Inside Carolina, you know who I'm talking about. Trent Simpson, uh, Quentin Williams, uh, Evan Pryor, uh, Peyton Page, Travis Shaw, so on and so forth, all those guys. So, yes, I'm hitting the road after this. Um, Ross, what, what, what's what's going on in your world? Uh, I'm going to the mountains this weekend. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting time to be following Don and following UNC football recruiting with the, the Mac Brown train on full force. Uh, number 33 recruiting class last year. Number nine so far in 2020. And obviously making some moves now with some of the top players in the country with Malik Hornsby on board and hot on, in pursuit of guys like Des Evans. So we will update that the next time we get together. Appreciate it, Don. Appreciate y'all listening. And that's it for us.
Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Summer's almost here, and Old Navy's got thousands of summer's hottest styles on sale now in stores from just five bucks. Get all your favorites, like tees and tanks for just five bucks, shorts for just ten bucks, and jeans and dresses and swimwear for just fifteen bucks. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store for free today. New summer styles are just five, ten, and fifteen bucks in stores now at Old Navy. Valid five thirteen to five nineteen in stores and select styles only. Hey, Google Pixel fans, for a limited time, get both our Sprint Unlimited plan and the all-new Google Pixel 3a included for under $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit, an 18-month lease, and a new line of service. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. Phone $1107 per month after $556 per month credit. Apply within two bills. Remaining balance due if canceled early. Unlimited basic after 63020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion excludes taxes, surcharges, and roaming. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Summer's almost here, and Old Navy's got thousands of summer's hottest styles on sale now in stores from just five bucks. Get all your favorites, like tees and tanks for just five bucks, shorts for just ten bucks, and jeans and dresses and swimwear for just fifteen bucks. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store for free today. New summer styles are just five, ten, and fifteen bucks in stores now at Old Navy. Valid five thirteen to five nineteen in stores and select styles only. Get ready to save, Carolina. It's the Memorial Day sales event at your Honda dealer of the Carolinas. The perfect time to get a great deal on your favorite Honda model. Accord, Civic, CRV, HRV, Pilot, Fit, even the versatile Honda Ridgeline. Don't miss your chance to spend less and get more. More rugged with available all-wheel drive. More standard features like Apple CarPlay and Honda Sensing. And best of all, more savings. Get more for less at the Memorial Day sales event. Going on now at your Honda dealer of the Carolinas.